Hey everybody, before we get started, I do have a small message from one of our fellow podcasters. Welcome one and all to Dice Company, where a group of old friends weave tales of triumph, heroism and despair under the guise of playing Dungeons and Dragons. You wanted to live totally outside yourself and be someone who likes apricots. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My God, <laughs> the majesty. For the mushrooms to work, they must be passed through a reindeer and you must drink their urine. <laughs> I suggest we proceed with caution. Oh, I suggest we proceed recklessly. There's only so many times we can be right next to a murder before it starts to look a bit like we did one of them. <laughs> well, yeah, when you're the only ones left alive and you climb into your coffins at the end of the day. Dice Company, wherever you get your podcasts. So if you get a chance, give them a listen. Thank you very much. And back to our show. Jeff, your GM, and welcome back to Big Campaign Podcast. Today we have John and Sean on a bit of a side adventure. But before we get into a recap, let's start with some lightsaber checks. Sean. Hey, I'm Sean. I'm playing fours. Uh, oh. So close to the 19, John. All roll right. Saber. John playing as Lucius, about to roll the saber. Does an 18 count? Here. That's mighty close, guys. Well done. We got some good rolls. Got those right out of the way. Yeah. Well, with no Jesse to blame this on, Lucius, you rolled the lowest. What's the recap? I rolled an 18. <laughs> this recap might overlap from the recap from the other side adventure, right? But uh, we got out of a pretty rough situation where we saved uh, Detective Quinn from... Um, what do we want to call these guys at this point? So... When we take a step back and say, "Well, oh, that was that was fucking awful. We got Quinn out, beat this. Uh, what, what, what was your uh, PC name for the uh, the Illithid? He had a really good one. Oh, his PC name? Yeah, yeah. What did you call him? Something like... His proper name was, yeah, Thilomiliac? Right, but you called him something that was like a generic Illithid-like oh. term. Indistinct from Mind Flayer. Yeah, uh, Cerebrophage? Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we defeated the Cerebrophage. But who the hell was he? Like, who were these people from the brew house that were working under him? Um, a, probably a couple of loose ends on that one. Really, we were just there to save Quinn. So it's not really any of our business, but we did what we came to do. <laughs> the dust settled. We don't really know what the hell happened, and we got the hell out. Um, so it was. Ask Doss. <laughs> time to ask Doss. Not going to. Still don't talk to cops in this campaign. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we might save him. We don't talk to him. Except when you do. <laughs> that was somewhat of a nightmare. We uh, we walked into where he was being held at a brew house doing a stakeout on. And um, we found out that whoever was using that brew house or the whole complex as a front for whatever they were doing 
they they caught Quinn investigating and captured him, and we managed to get through the guards and the uh, cerebrophage, <laughs> got Quinn out, and we taxed ourselves to pretty much the max. I have never used that much magic before. Um, our uh, Keegan was pretty hurt, and I guess it's not too abnormal for uh, for Waldo to get <laughs> beaten up, but. <laughs> All the same, yeah. So we we came back after that to a hotel. We woke up the next day, and we couldn't just take a rest. It's time to get back at it because there's a house war that we have to uh, confront, and um, there is a gang's moot going on eventually here that hopefully can give us an edge. What that edge is, um, this is a gamble. We'll, we'll walk in and uh, try to figure it out as we go. Hopefully, we can find something that will help us. Would you like a better description of anything? <laughs> it was both a recap and a teaser. No, I think that basically covers it. Unless you have anything else, Sean. Uh, yeah, but watch the episode if you want to know more. <laughs> I thought we had learned some some things about their intentions, maybe from the news of like stockpiles of weapons from the brew house, like they were planning on doing some some house war shenanigans or something. But I don't entirely remember i would need to get refreshed by by jeffrey nothing was going like when we investigated that place like even the barrels were filled with water and stuff so it's it's skeptical if they were even producing any beer whatsoever yeah i mean you guys had learned that their brewery was failing several months ago before it turned around very quickly like you guys had learned that from last time fits in with theories that they had stopped um focusing on the brewery part and it found another source of income. Right. And that couldn't have been too legal, right? Because Quinn was investigating. Correct. All right. With that, though, yeah. After you guys talk in the morning, Keegan and Oswald will head up and load up the wrecker with all of the materials, parts, things left over. So they have it all set up before they will take off. Leaving both of you here in the south part of the Sordai District at the St. Gant Hotel to check out of your rooms and enjoy whatever's left of the continental breakfast. Yeah, I think walking into the lobby, they've left. Me and Fours, look at Fours, look over at, like, probably some, like, nasty biscuit somewhere. And uh, what do you say we ditch this continental breakfast and go find something good? <laughs> yeah, sounds good. And I'm going to grab a nasty biscuit anyways. <laughs> so Yeah, I'll yeah. take my uh, my Christmas gift and fill it with some water and walk out of this place. You top off the water and <laughs> grab yourself a fresh cup of coffee. Uh, yeah, I mean, it is spring in South Sordai. You can see the people, especially this early, up and about, wandering around, talking, chatting. You can still hear the distance, sirens and things that are happening or from the brewery area from before. But you guys have some uh, some time to kill as you plot your route down towards the unincorporated areas by Dusk Banter and Solone for the gang's boot. <laughs> So are you thinking food first? And I'll be, uh, I'll have my phone open, looking over my message from Doss saying thank you. Like, yep, you owe me. <laughs> yeah, food first. Let's go. I'm thinking um, Greasy Spoon Diner. Oh, that's a little out of the ordinary for us, isn't it? <laughs> Smiling, close up my phone. You got a clamshell. Uh... <laughs> right. <laughs> it's a flip phone, Nokia. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got how much time? And I'm going to... Open up my HCOM and take a look at uh, the news. It's like, uh, does the gang's moot make the news? And I'll be scrolling through. The red carpet and everything. 
Uh, the Gangsman does make the news if things happen. As far as it's it's treated almost like a like a biker club party to some extent. Of the news doesn't really address it, but they tell people to avoid traffic in the northern Dusk Banter area. But yeah, they tell people in order to avoid traffic in the North Dusk Banter area, be aware the annual gang's mood is occurring. All right, I think we got to snap our fingers and just be at a diner because uh, <laughs> that's that's where we're going. Right. We won't be too picky. We'll just choose a place. In Sword Eyes, you guys wander down trying to find a local breakfast place. That would be the title for our fun. Because <laughs> you know we aren't going to a Denny's. We're going to a Donnie's. <laughs> go to something that just nobody would go to, like, uh, I don't know, Frenrich's Oatmeal House. <laughs> the Necropolitan. Yeah. <laughs> the Necropolitan. <laughs> Actually, that sounds amazing. Done. <laughs> This place has to be a chain. <laughs> uh, yeah, so you guys will see one of your local uh, friendly necropolitans. Uh, generic food, cheap prices, pretty common. Let's do it. Enough in a pinch. Thought I'd uh, dredge up the uh, the old the old school history of the area. <laughs> Remember when this place was filled with undead? <laughs> I'll have the smothered and covered corpse, please. Uh, but yeah, the like at the front will seat you guys as they bring over your menu, asking if you're looking for blueberry explosion pancakes or uh, yes, deep fried eggs. You had me a blueberry explosion, <laughs> lingonberry pancakes. <laughs> Done. Picks in blanket. Yeah, just this once. I'll get some blueberry explosion pancakes. <laughs> that back with some coffee. <laughs> While we're waiting for the food to come around, uh, you have your eye on any specific gang? Um, I don't know how we can, I don't know exactly what I'm looking for, to be honest. The hope is, is that we can, we can find some sort of angle here. If there's a way that we can read the gangs to see if they're fighting and fighting, or if uh, there is a way to, to sway them into our cause or somehow position them without their knowing into a fray. Uh, it's, it's kind of open air, really. I, I, I see... I see a spattering of chaos that we may or may not be able to dip into. So this is a gamble. There could be nothing for us here. Well, who are we on good terms with? You're you're uh, you're friendly with the Bodax? Yeah, I'll smile at that. I've had <laughs> drinks with the Bodax. <laughs> We've talked about maybe doing some work, um, but definitely on better terms than the Moonrats. Oh, for sure. Who, <laughs> which who knows? Maybe we can turn that around somehow. But. Yeah, it probably would be ideal to be on better terms with the local gang. <laughs> <laughs> are the Moon Rats the last uh, local gang? Because they, the Blink Dogs, are they just like gone now, or are they? They're still around. They just, yeah, yeah, they're still absolutely around. The Blink Dogs were probably made to a gang years back. The Moon Rats are a newer gang, probably three or four years ago. They probably okay. weren't weren't around when your parents disappeared. Just gotta they, bring that up. You got to just rip open those old wounds, Jeff. It's still cruel. Hey, man, I got I to set up those timelines, my friend. <laughs> so, yeah, interesting that the the up-and-coming game gang, the Moonrats, can fight off the Blink Dogs. We know that the Moonrats had a moment where they had the upper hand against the Blink Dogs and had a violent incursion with them. They stole... What is that weapon? Or did they steal the weapon? What, the Sculptor? The Sculptor. And decided to try to take back uh, their Hedron vehicle that we had repoed illegally. Them. We, we repoed it legally. Come on. Work within the law. 
I think that weren't the blink dogs getting uh, equipment surplus from the seekers and the moon rats intercepted it. Yes, we know personally that the blink dogs <laughs> and the seekers, they've got some some dirty feelings. You guys know that from the episode where fours went through the door. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that's that's the more recent uh, occurrence. As you guys get your blueberry pancakes delivered with copious amounts of butter and syrup, you'll see on mute in the background as people are eating their breakfast. Some people are looking up and they gasp or they make comment of it. But you can see on the news here with the Chiron below of recorded sighting of creature outside of Basea as they show a large Seleni freighter. The whirlpool kind of start around it. The ship front starts to lift up into the air. As you see this massive maw of a creature that you've never seen something this big. Basically take the back half of the ship down into the ocean with it, leaving the front half to start filled with water as people are jumping off. You know, you can see so many dead, so many survived, as it's kind of playing across the uh, Chiron at the bottom. Jesus. Damn. All right, yeah, I will, is, is there like actual footage of like the monster eating the boat? Or? It's all like bad cell phone footage. <laughs> nice. There's like one person who has like a drone that was able to get the end of it where you see the shadow of this behemoth descend into the depths. From the vortex. Yeah, it's like bubbles come up and you see like bodies floating around kind of there. They see a lot of like the illuminated life vests of people floating uh, for those that survived the ship being eaten. So size-wise, from my estimation, how does that compare with the, the dragon turtles and whatever was eating the dragon turtles? <laughs> As I remember, we spotted some some crazy aquatic life on the way to uh, Pauldron for the holiday. Yeah, you take a look at this thing and fours, you probably assume the size of this creature puts it in a place that you'd assume that it would feast on the thing that eats dragon turtles. Okay, it's the bigger fish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Quite gone approved. <laughs> and I will use my my super depthful knowledge of nature to go. Oh, ten. That's a big monster. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> hmm. Where do you suppose that thing came from? That's too big to come from anywhere. <laughs> That's got to be fake. It means it was always there, <laughs> sleeping. Dear God. As I dig into my pancakes, I'll say, Hey, uh, didn't Gore used to be a, a gargoyle? Yeah, he did. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Maybe he's got some information. That's true. Maybe he does. I thought the gargoyles... Well, I guess everybody that we've interacted with is an ex-gargoyle. So, do the gargoyles still exist, or did they just break apart? From your time speaking with Gore, uh, yes, you assume that they, they still exist as a, a functional gang, but there's a lot of ex-members, right? Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, more ex-members of that than we've met of anybody else or had to deal with. Would it be annoying to have Gore come on this mission with us? It'll just be a while, because he's going to have to, what, light rail up to meet you guys? Doesn't sound practical. Let's save calling Gore for when we're on the train. I'm assuming that we're going to get on a train. How about we figure that out? Like, are we doing a light rail or are we doing a train? Like, what's what are our options? Obviously, I'm used to being chauffeured. What, what are you talking about, used to being chauffeured? You always drive. Always drive. You insist on driving with your stupid goggles and your gloves. Looks so good. <laughs> you just told me I was a high-class business person. I'll tell you whatever you want to hear. Yeah. That's it. We're taking the bold copter. <laughs>
and it's got a giant likeness of you on the front of it. <laughs> a banner on the back with somebody else's phone number and ad. All right. It's not hard up here to wait for the light rail. If you guys want to head back into town, it does take some time, of course. Um, Is there a law library where we are right now? Sorte being unofficially still somewhat tied with Golshurn, the god of laws that yeah. used to be worshipped here. Yeah, there are law libraries here. You can definitely visit. I think it'd be a good idea to skim around at, at one of these libraries for to see if we can't find ancient rules on the house wars here. Um, just like you were saying, it, it might give us some insight to finding better clues somewhere else. But while we're here, we might as well before we kick off on the light rail. Sounds good. Down the coffee. Did you finish your pancake? No. <laughs> There's more blueberry explosion in there. I'm going to roll it up like a taquito to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right off my plate. <laughs> I took three bites. Very well. Uh, blueberry taquito explosion in hand. Yeah, it's not hard for you guys to, per se. Um, yeah, wandering into the city. Ask around a little bit or follow, follow directions to the historical part of town where you will find the Sword Eye Law Libraries. Wow. I gotta look over at Lucius. This place doesn't have a dress code, does it? As I'm wiping the, the syrup off of my hands. <laughs> no, no, no. We should be good. <laughs> oh, somewhat uh, less confident than I should be about that, but... I'm dressed up like a normal person that might show up at a law library. Oh, yeah. And we will uh, attempt to enter. Yeah, you walk into the solemn and quiet halls, uh, the long and large shelves, the smell of wood, mildew, and paper, as the Lykel will approach. Greetings. Is there something we can assist you with today, patrons? As he kind of looks at both of you with your leopard print and blueberry syrup fingers and your uh, large coat and coffee mug. <laughs> yep, I'm definitely decked out. I feel like you guys are basically, uh, what was it, Julie Curtis and... Oh my god, in in uh, Trading Places? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You're a prostitute. <laughs> Oldest profession. Um, I'll take my coat off as if to check it. And uh, yeah, we are actually looking into historical law today. If you could please direct us. Does he take my coat? Yeah, the like will put out two hands and... Obviously, be burdened with the size of this coat. <laughs> it's like they... handing a twin-size mattress to somebody. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> One of those non-firm ones is just flopping all over the place. <laughs> you got this right. But they look very excited. Oh, ancient law! How ancient are we going? Uh, like, she'll adjust her glasses a bit um, before waddling over to the closest desk and throwing the coat on top of it. Unfamiliar with your library, um, we'll just have to see what kind of time frames that you have documented. I'm glad that we have you to assist us. I'll kind of try to butter them up to want to help out. It seems like they're pretty eager to help us in general. Yeah, go ahead and toss me a Diplo on this. Don't roll a one. <laughs> <laughs> they're already helpful. Don't turn them they're against They're already it. helpful. <laughs> You didn't have to do this. Why? <laughs> I mean, yes. Actually, that is fair to say. You do not have to do this if you're trying to get more out of them. They are helpful because this is their job as well as the stuff they like. But right. if you'd like to push this, you can. Yeah, I don't see a need to push it right now. It sounds. It seems like they're they're pretty eager. And uh, yeah, we'll go with that as opposed to risking them turning them hostile by a dice roll. <laughs> I, I honestly didn't think that would happen, but 
No, it's funny though. It's <laughs> uh, Shrenix, the uh, local librarian here. She will motion for you both to follow. As she'll head into the depths of the aisles of books. And then I'd be curious, uh, looking looking through the books as we go. And this is a stupid thing to ask, really, but like, how's the law structured here? Like, <laughs> are we going to see different tiers of like codes and shit like that throughout aisles and aisles, or are we going to see like uh, just kind of ancient books that revolve around stories, or you know, what could have been something perceived as like a case law? Yeah. So imagine here in the Royal Sword Eye Library. They have it broken up into effective law and ineffective law. So effective law being modern stuff that is still applicable and ineffective law being law that's no longer applied anymore that would have gone back to previous government occupations, right? Badass. That sounds like where we are going. We'll find out all the districts that it used to be illegal, illegal to dance. <laughs> illegal to dance. You can't even cast magic here. You can't even be magic, no dance. So that means for like effective law, you'd use knowledge corporate. For ineffective law, you'd use knowledge history. Sounds good. But go ahead and give me your perception checks. Oh, I can Why do that. Why even bother when you're me? Kaboom! <laughs> Got a 30. Oh, you thought that was good? 16. <laughs> I had to roll a 15 to get it. I think between the two of us, we got this. <laughs> Very well. So fours with your perception of 30, uh, especially here with the stone floors, the long aisles, the quiet area, your tremor sense is great, right? Like you can sense everything in all directions. Oh yeah, I take my shoes off. Librarians <laughs> notoriously hate that, but... <laughs> <laughs> but they don't say anything. They just look at you real dirty. <laughs> <laughs> they got that hate brewing, brewing beneath the surface. <laughs> but that being said, with a 30 in perception, you're able to notice on the back of Sharonix's hand there is a tattoo of a key. Though fairly faded, it does seem to have an air of importance to it. Lucius, you don't notice this as you are caught up looking at rows and rows of books, more books than you've probably ever actually stopped to see at any one point. And for the listener, behind our player seated at a table, a middle-aged woman watches as Fours and Lucius wander off into the aisles, being led by the Lykel. But we cut back to our players as Sharonix leads you down to... Is this uh, old enough? We're looking at... Was that a uh, stealth roll, Jeff? It was. You're 34, <laughs> you son of yep. a bitch. <laughs> well done, well done. Thank you. Yeah, Sharenix will bring you guys back into an area of the industrial era law, unless you're trying to go back further than that. Even further, my friend. And uh, you know what? I might as well get some help from this person. Um, and I'll kind of get a little bit closer to their face and say, we're looking for uh, the beginning of House Wars. Oh, okay. That's a... Uh... And I'll slowly back away from their ear after I say that. Are you trying to get him to, to be off-put by us? <laughs> Said the guy with no shoes. Uh, you know. <laughs> like we are a campaign of very awkward people. So. Oh, yeah. Cherenix will adjust her glasses. and Oh, you're looking for something from the Rethi era. Um, yes, we'll follow along. And she'll start heading that direction leading you guys further into a center area where there are some tables set up, surrounded by books and shelves that all kind of end pointed at this table area. So imagine it's uh, like a center spoke with aisles coming out of it, so you can grab books and easily go back to like a center table. It makes it simple to kind yeah. of move between it. Does that make sense? It does. Sharonix will... Here you'll see a majority of ancient Rethi era law and all of its kind of ramifications as far as house wars. Most of them are going to be on Isle 7, detailing the original battles that started with 
the Darge House before they, they were eventually ended uh, during the pre-industrial era at the end of the Rethi era. But if there's anything we can help you with, please let us know and she'll sit down. It looks like a pretty generic HCOM that has built-in call front desk kind of thing. Yeah. She wanders off. Okay, before she wanders off. <laughs> Perfect timing. <laughs> uh, before she wanders off, I will, I will bump, intentionally bump Lucius as I reach out for her hand and say, oh, hey, that's that's a nice tattoo. I was thinking about getting something done, but I wanted I wanted Lucius to also see it. And I see it. <laughs> yeah, she'll hold out her hand, though you can tell that she looks rather suspicious at you both. Uh, you, of course, more than Lucius, Fors. Oh, okay. So, uh, oh, it's a... Uh, she'll try to pass it off as a joke, like, oh, yeah, it was a tattoo a bunch of us got back when we started our degree to become librarians. No, nothing big. Part of the library gang? Are you going to the moot? <laughs> is uh, knowledge history a thing I can roll for that? Uh, it'd be knowledge religion on this. Knowledge religion? Is that a thing that I do? Yeah, she kind of covers her mouth. She laughs and, oh, no, no, no. We're not We're not that cool. We're. I mean, we're librarians. That makes you even cooler. <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately, I do not do knowledge religion. So maybe while we're here, that's something we can try to look up. Because I'm curious now, too. You know what? I'm curious enough that before they leave, I'll say, you know, I really should have spent more time in libraries, but I've had more of a privileged life. There has to be more to that tattoo. Please, I would love to know. And I will try to diplomatize into gleaming into this person. Because I feel like if if they are some sort of secret society kind of person, because we've ran into this, right? We've almost got exploded by a guy with a freaking Demozane sword. My buddy Ranger fucking... Sands. Why can I not remember Sands. his name now? <laughs> Sands, right? Ranger Sands, yeah. Like, he was a secret society guy, weren't he? Uh, wasn't that secret. Yes, he was a member of the Paladins of Extinction. Yeah, which typically doesn't show up when or like he's not wearing his Paladins of Extinction baggage as a park ranger, right? <laughs> like, I would call that somewhat secret. We didn't find it out until he came out to do his Paladin work. <laughs> uh, but yeah, go and give me a diplomacy. She's right. willing to stop and listen, but... You can tell you're touching on an odd subject, and especially she's a little nervous from when Fours asked about it. I, I also think that you're just treating all knowledge religion as secret. <laughs> <laughs> I bet anyone with knowledge religion would know about the Order of Extinction. Anyways, my attempt is poor with a 17 total. So they aren't human. They don't like me. I mean, you're still charming. You're still more than... You're not oh, yeah. offensive in any way, but they just kind of laugh it off as... You know, uh, when you're in college, you do silly things with your friends. <laughs> and now we all have a bunch of key tattoos. And she laughs about it before wandering off into the aisles. But if I can be of any help, let me know. <laughs> yep. You definitely have stories. Anyways, um, they let us in the right spot. So probably just start peeling books that look relevant. Uh, yeah, hopefully I'll be able to read uh, whatever language uh, these things are in. I imagine a lot of it would be common, but you never know. But uh, yeah, I'll just, I'll be looking through whatever books you want me to look through. Otherwise, I'll probably wander into the, well, aisle seven and see if anything uh, jumps out of me. Not in a Ghostbusters way, but in a... Right, I'm these... only looking for human stacked books. Yes. Right. I guess I'd be looking for uh, probably stuff about Darge because she mentioned it and I have no other frames of reference. So that's where I'm going to start. Okay. Unfortunately, I'm a sorcerer, so if there's, um... I forgot you only look smart. 
Exactly. <laughs> when it comes to this sort of stuff, I don't have a bunch of languages. I don't have magic that helps me out with this. What I can do is detect magic and see if there's some, some underlying magic to a book and then maybe call the librarian back in for help. Yeah, right now it's it's all on the surface. So I'll probably just get lost in these books and let you do what you do. Okay. With any kind of research option, I'm always happy to to give bonuses the longer you want to spend researching it, or if you want to spend skill points for the level coming up ahead of time on knowledges, here's the place to do it. If you want to spend your time in the library, spending one skill point will get you two skill points, but they're only in knowledges. If you get five skill points on your level, if you spend three now, you can get six points to put in knowledges. Mm -hmm. But when you've level, finally, you only get two points to spend. Right. Not some schmucko scales that are only getting one from <laughs> Yep, you guys find the uh, the skill point port. Yep, so I was about to make a Dan reference. <laughs> Perfect. Um, <laughs> so I guess as you look around, Lucius, if you want to give me a knowledge history, and this does involve humans <laughs> quite a bit. All right, sounds good. Mainly humans. Mainly humans, you say? Except for that one elf. And that's going to be a 20, sorry. <laughs> 20 total. I am here looking up stuff, so I will count myself as an aid to you, sir. Sounds good. Perfect. Then you were aided with a 22. Let's say two big questions you have can be answered. Let's say an average check here would probably be about two hours. Um, I'm hoping to find a lead for a text that would give us better information on what we're trying to find. Whether it's in this library or somebody somewhere else, or maybe it would ring a bell that we could figure out somebody else to talk to. We're looking okay. for a lead on this. Yeah, as you kind of dig through here, there's a lot of legalese. It looks like clerics of Golshurn, as well as clerics of McKeith, spent years debating back and forth on individual commas, wording, tenses. There's more than enough here to kind of get the idea that maybe this language, the legal language as a whole, is a bit more fluid than you'd think. Whether you're in the Dusk Banter District versus Sword Eye District versus Seleni versus Arferi versus Sulene, linguistically, this changes a bit. But one thing that does come up that you don't find too much reference here, uh, but only references to it, not literal information of it, is something called Zerain's Promise. Good Zerain or a bad Zerain? Historical Zerain. A bad Tied back to one of the original kings, Vincent Zerain. Sounds good. Like we need to, like maybe it'd be helpful to figure out what this Zerain's promise is. It, or can, is it a book or is it a, a thing? I feel like it's something I should already know about. Well, so that was your first question. I gotcha. I could follow through with trying to figure out more about the first one, but I think that what I'm going to do instead is see if see if I can't find more house war rules that we don't know about. Like we've been talking, it's kind of interesting that. We haven't seen anything from McKeith. Are you as a as a as Lucius familiar with the Nine? Uh, being from this area, I, I think that you have to be, right? Yeah, it'd be it'd be a At common knowledge religion check. Like, okay, you'd have to actually have a penalty to int to not know about him, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like how everybody kind of knows that you like touch some places on your chest for Catholic <laughs> stuff, right? Like, we know about it. It exists. Like may maybe hidden stuff that's not. So if we're if I'm specifically going after like is there uh, stipulations for appeasing McKeith in a in ancient house wars like is that a thing and then maybe that could help me stumble onto anything else that might be lost and or hidden in time. There's one thing we know about uh, God Orion Storm 
is that he seems to be either superstitious or religious or both. So the more we know about these things, like maybe the more of an edge we might have to playing into his beliefs, I guess. Mm, I, I think I'm picking up what you put down. It is a lot more of the maybes and chasing after stuff that may or may not, may not be relevant sort of mm-hmm, mm-hmm. thing that I've been kind of starting this off with, but that's where I'm going. We're looking into kind of what McKeith would have gotten out of this? Yeah, so we're looking for um, house war laws that would have been influenced by McKeith in, in general. That's the only god we're missing so far, right? Correct, yeah. Yeah, it's like, well, why is there nothing from McKeith? As you kind of wander through and look over books and read through it, it becomes kind of, what is it? In the same way of if everybody labels their lunch with their name, the one person who didn't label their lunch is the person whose name it belongs to. Gotcha. The lack of information with consistent other information reveals the hole in the information. It seems that originally during the Rethi area, a lot of these houses would pledge themselves to either gods that were part of their own or other ones in order to grant the power of that victory to that god. The best of what you and Forrest can tell as you pour through all of this is that whoever was seated upon the throne that McKeith controlled, it seems to me that's the default. Looks like most every soul in a house war would go towards McKeith. You didn't, if you didn't bother filling out the form, it would just go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then the homeowners association votes for you. Correct. Like you can declare you're for Tali or you're for Oromek, but if you didn't right. succeed, McKeith picked up all of that. Got yeah. I don't do history good, so I do all my skills kind of good, as we figured out that first time we exploded. You barely do grammar. <laughs> barely do grammar. <laughs> I'm purposely bad at grammar. I know. <laughs> as sparse as it might be, right? Like, you haven't officially studied this. Nope. But you can see hints of it, right? Through the writings and through the rituals, through the marks of glyphs. There is a arcing pattern, at least you can see, to all of the houses. And it is kind of weird. I guess right now you'd probably be learning that there were four other houses that just no longer exist. Ones that have Mm. collapsed and have since been absorbed into other houses or just erased from history. Does it look like these were all from the time where they were uh, hunting down uh, arcane magic? And It does, yeah. Are we going to call this like the Dark Ages of Wrath or something? Uh, No, that's uh, specifically that is the The Rethi area. (laughs) That that is the Rethi area. (laughs) That's not the Dark Ages. That's the reality. And we're in the Constant Era, right? Yes. Yeah. But yeah, during that dark, dark time known as the Rethi Era. I wonder if that means that, like, there were more gods than we knew about. These houses that collapsed yeah. uh, were gods that were less worshipped. Less souls went to them. Less power went to them. Is the robo-lich aspect of all this uh, a, a likely a large... Uh religion or history check or is that something that people also came to find out later as far as the robo lich part of it it's not as well documented people be like i can prove that this god wasn't a real god but that doesn't quite matter when novasol still believes in those gods yeah like the gods like recreated themselves right like just out of like actual god stuff as opposed to being robot humans yeah, so the, the current gods of these gods, they're the versions of gods that these gods are from, are created from the belief in those gods as opposed to the creation of what those gods were before. So they've become embodiments of what they're supposed to represent and less the ascension of a mortal creature to that power. 
Cool. So it sounds like the the robot aspect can be really hidden in the that muddy time period in between the two. Mm-hmm. Correct. So is that all we're gonna get out of this uh, library? You think, Lucius? For right now, after a few hours of searching, that's kind of what you guys come to, or at least gather. The longer you want to hang out here, the more you can get. Unless you want to yeah. go to the uh, other library for kind of what your first question was about. Yeah. Find out more information. Trying to figure out how much we were going to spend here and whether or not we we could uh, find more of that information. Would it make way. sense that we we roll out on like a night train or something? And yeah, absolutely. Make a day of this place and then show up at the next place the next day. If you guys are spending the rest of the day kind of here, yeah. uh, you're already able to take 20, but for knowledge, history, corporate, or arcane with regards to this law stuff, both of you have a plus four to those rolls. Um, awesome. And that will last for the next month. Oh, nice. Damn. Yeah, of course, you max out at plus six, so if you have more library time, you can boost that up, but then it goes away pretty quick after this month is up, basically. Yeah. Every every week after that, it drops by two. Yeah, yeah. So I think you can, uh, you can be well studied if you want by having to constantly go to libraries, but nerd. Yeah, <laughs> nobody wants to be a nerd at D D. <laughs> oh, heaven forbid! Uh, I think at a certain point, I will be getting a, a headache of reading the same page over and over again, trying to understand the legalese. And uh, if I get distracted enough, or or frustrated with that enough, I will probably uh, start looking up. Uh, knowledge nature stuff to see if I can figure out what that behemoth is. But, uh, you know, I don't know how much time I'm actually going to be able to devote to that, especially if Lucius kind of wrangles me back. Uh, I see my myself as being the type of person that would be lost in what they're reading. So okay. unless if I have a specific, like I get like a strong lead or something that says, hey, we need to be researching this, then yeah, yeah. we're still kind of on tangents right now. Okay. Okay. Uh, go and give me your knowledge nature fours. <laughs> what'd you get perfect i got a seven there we go yeah yeah well, that's uh, that's fine <laughs> and, and that makes sense right like you start looking into this this is a law library uh-huh <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah aren't there any books in here with pictures this doesn't seem like the library that you'd find a lot of good information on that yeah yeah i can't believe i used the word statute correctly <laughs> i i said it because it sounded good and I just Googled it now. I'm like, oh, that probably doesn't mean what you think it means. Yes, it does. Sweet. Yes, it does. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> <laughs> We're just all Harpy Birdman up in this place. So after my brief diversion, uh, I will get back to house laws. Uh, I, yeah, I, I guess I'd be looking if there are, um, if there's um, documentation on the outcomes of historical house wars. Okay. And so that'll tie into what the uh, the bonus you guys are getting. Cool. Well, I can roll out a d20 for my, my knowledge. But now you get a plus four. Plus four. Uh, but yeah, it's not uh, not difficult with you guys with access to your data pads and each comms to keep track of when the light rail makes its loop and rotation. Uh, so whenever you guys are ready at night to leave the library to catch a ride down towards Dusk Banter proper. Hi. Yep. We pretty much spent most of the day in this library then. We're probably just, like, brain dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With the flavor of blueberry syrup long since drifted into the past, you guys will leave late night from the library as, as Shrenix. Well, is there anything else that you all need? As she'll walk over and hand you your coat. 
I am curious if throughout any of the books that we looked over, if maybe perchance there was one that I just didn't have enough time to to read over as well as I'd like, is if I could check this book out and bring with us. As you kind of ask about it's like, oh no, unfortunately all the legal documents are demanded by Gulshurn to be kept here and kept safe. Though if you'd like copies of it, I recommend visiting the North Amman Library, or you can find most transcripts on the constant. At night, as you guys leave the library and head towards the train station to head further into the city, go ahead and give me your perception checks. Ah, this is going to be even better than the last time. It was. You would do good. I mean, you roll better, right? <laughs> I got a 17. <laughs> I got a 5. Very well. The lady with dark hair and freckles continues to follow our heroes as they enter onto the train. Fabulous. Can we just stop for hot dogs? Oh, you could totally stop for hot dogs. Yes. Yeah, late night here in Sordai, hot dogs being sold from a local vendor. In the far distance, you can still hear alarms and sirens that echo across the open fields. But here in the city, you get your hot dogs before hopping on the train. Oblivious to whether or not somebody's following us. <laughs> Just put it out of your mind. <laughs> it was never there. <sighs> Just don't worry. And for fours, it is a bit tough. These trains, to some extent, render your tremor sense rather useless as they vibrate and shake. Right. Yeah, I can't can't really get a, a picture of uh, what's going on. It's just a bunch of just a tube of noise. Unless they're riding with us, or yeah, yeah. Fair, fair. Uh, do these uh, have sleeper cars? Uh, depends how much you guys want to pay. Oh, I can. I sleep was in thinking a chair. Exactly. <laughs> We're gonna be those guys. <laughs> Get ready for some shitty sleep. <laughs> yeah, one price at the sleeping car. Just like. I bet the diner cars are also maybe spendy. I, I gotta I gotta guess that they're more expensive than some hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys will load into the load in the train to begin that trek as it cuts across a large part of the city. You'll see traffic as it piles up on freeways and down below you can see the streets. As you guys are entering into this weekend evening, so this is late Friday night. If you guys spent all that time at the library, so uh, late night here as you guys get on the train, you'd get a message from Oswald. Matilda's out of town. She's investigating some shrine in the north with a friend. We don't know who. They do. They did get a basket, but they haven't opened it yet. The basket and Matilda's assistant, Lauren, are now at Boulder Acquisitions HQ. Um, do I know who either of those people are? Yeah, you would know Lauren Boldest is Matilda's assistant. Uh, okay, okay, okay. That makes sense. Yep, red hair, olive skin, brown eyes. Uh, professionally is on for Bold Financial and it appears now Vancey Investments. Okay. What's your sister's assistant doing there? I hope she's not expecting you to show up anytime soon. Yeah, me too. But um this this isn't the worst. Maybe that means that Vancey Investments isn't just gonna roll over. I'm a little bit worried about the other companies not not joining in. And uh, after their our dinner party I was a little bit worried that maybe the family would just wash their hands of this and make me handle this all alone. Did that abandon you? Mm -hmm. I was a little worried. They would never do that. Never. Never. They might get you into this, but they <laughs> won't leave it to you. <laughs> Can I send maybe like a message to Barry to just make sure that they feel at home while they're there and that we'll be back in a couple of days? Yeah, absolutely. Barry will be very relieved to hear from you and will absolutely, sir. Oh yeah, when's the last time you checked in? Was it before we almost all died? <laughs> right. 
Because, yeah, definitely weren't after. Um, so that's happening there. For this this um, train ride, I imagine we're going to get some pretty crappy sleep. But um, trying to maybe research uh, what has come out of these gang's moots. Hopefully it's something that we could research on the constant. Anything big, like... Yeah, we'll go ahead and give a computer use check to Force to try to keep up this research. Considering this is still on topic, you'll get that plus four to be able to add to this. Hey, 32. With a 32, I have four questions I can answer for you. You got four questions lined up, John? Yeah, pretty easily. So the first first thing that comes to mind is, are these moots in place as power grabs, or are they in place as a, a diplomatic just get-together? Yes, it is an annual event where the gangs recognize the other gangs that have since left, and new gangs coming in. Over the course of the three days, new gangs coming in can prove their allegiance to gangs as a whole and basically put in their tithe. And if they do well enough, become an official gang. You need at least four people and you need something worthy enough to give unto Gavin Tech, which is the head of the inevitable gang that kind of runs and conducts the ceremonies with it. Haven't even heard of that gang yet. Damn. So you guys still have a 20, 25 and 30 left to spend on questions. All right. So interesting. It's they get to understand who the gangs are and then who's who wants to be a gang. They fight for their place. Um, good to know that there's kind of a ruling council. Where, that where is you one get in fight? Where you get in fight? Uh, sorry, sorry. Prove themselves. <laughs> I don't know what prove themselves means. Yeah, the implication there is what Forz is finding is prove themselves could mean fight. Anciently, it did mean fight. I bet. But more modern interpretations are if they can prove their worth to the community of gangs. Uh, how how high a an answer will we need to get some some juice on Gavin Tech and the inevitable gang? It, is it um, four or fifteen? Understanding the basics of how these boots are supposed to function, we feel like we pretty much got that at a fifteen. Or are there some subtleties that we might want to fucking jump into with a twenty? Um, well. Does, does it clear things up for you personally to give you a better follow-up question? Because it sounds like maybe you're having trouble with follow-up question. We might need to I'm, so no, I'm not, I'm not having trouble <laughs> with a follow-up question. I'm trying to use this the best that I can. And I think that what I can do, and it, Jeff, maybe this is an option, is with a 20, can I understand how to conduct myself in a gang's mood without looking like an idiot? Yes. With, yeah. All right. Or would that be a higher one? Because I like it. I feel like Depends that might on be how big a of an idiot you want to avoid being. If you want to spend a higher question on that, I will give you that information. Awesome. That's what I would like. I would like to so. be able to show up to this thing and feel confident that I can interact with these gangs if you I need to. You want to spend in the 30 every on level. It? Spend the 30. All right. That sounds fun. Okay, cool. So with the 30, you're going to get the gang moot bonus. So that plus four will transfer on to skills in the gang moot. Hell yeah. But... Gavin Tech, it is rumored that through the forums, they, he is actually an inevitable that survived the war, but found himself in this position. Right, because how would he exist? Exactly. More so, you believe the Gangsmoot is the second half of a ritual. Well, the Gangsmoot is filling the spot of where that ritual should be. Just like the houses can do house wars and they can vote upon how power goes and how they fight each other. It appears the Gangsmoot, or at least now referencing back to what you found in the original Sword Eye Library, the Zorane's Promise is a contract that was done for civilians. 
a group of four civilians could, with enough of their people, force the vote for which houses had power. The gang's boot is a remnant of that, no longer though treated in the same way, right? Before yeah. there's houses and a sword and shield sort of time, enough citizens could get together and force a house to lose a war, or redirect which house gained profit from that war. This ties in a little bit with what you guys learned as well about House Darge and how they were able to win their house war and restrict themselves from being challenged ever again. The gang's mood as it sits seems to be effectively fulfilling that proxy spot. They're still performing the ritual of where the citizens are supposed to be able to have their right to speak. But nobody knows or is able to understand where Zorin's promise was, went, or whatever happened to it. Somewhere uh -huh. there is a legal contract which gives people power over the houses, or at least in equal to the houses. Right. But it's been lost since the Rethi era. Oh, man. And that's your 30. That's a fucking Thank rad you. 30. I feel like that gave John all the juice he needs to keep going. <laughs> Lucius, I mean. <laughs> I would put this in the 15 section, though. Gavin Tech has been running the gang's move for the last 12 years. Yeah. And they are the ones that normally accept in the ones who signed in the Blink Dogs, the ones who signed in the Moon Rats, and things like that. I'm still a bit shocked that these guys exist. Is it one per one ancient perpetual that just managed to hold on, or and it's he's inev just inevitable? Inevitable, sorry. Yeah. yeah. So none of it's confirmed, right? Like as far as the rumors go, there's rumors that he's a person. There's rumors that he might be a lich. There's rumors that might be an inevitable. Even better, there's something to interact with. Yeah, there's there's a lot of like mystery surrounding Gavin Tech uh, because best anyone can track from the first time Gavin Tech ever showed up as a name was 15 years ago in Sandus, which is in Corlia, correct? Correct, which is across the world. But so like uh, realists and coyote detectives have their own forums where they're speculating on where Gavin Tech came from. That'd be kind of interesting if we play this right. We might have a, just an inside ability to like talk to somebody and find that shit out depending it does make me wish we had everybody here for this though there's a lot of hints that four people do a thing four people do a stuff uh-huh <laughs> you will have somebody eventually come by and check your tickets marking them off um, fuck this is where we get kicked off the train you, you paid for us right <laughs> i jumped out the window <laughs> <laughs> i didn't learn featherball <laughs> yeah, by sorceristic ways. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they, they check you guys off. Wish you a good night as they continue on their way. Uh, yeah, who, are... who else is on the night the night ride here? Anyone else in the car with us? He asked totally innocently, not thinking about anyone who may or may not be following us. Yeah, I mean, you guys still have two questions left, so we'll leave that uh, for now. But yeah, especially <laughs> on these late night tracks, it's not unusual to see like a lot of the androids using these. There are people that don't necessarily need to rest the same way biological creatures do, so it isn't uncomfortable for them to sit up all night riding the train. You know, see, this is uh, where a lot of kind of, uh, let's see here. You see, this is also where a lot of gangs actually use the, the trains, where they're not creating problems or issues, but smaller gangs that don't have gangs with status. Uh, they move around. Oh, it's six o'clock now, and you just made this game last six hours longer. <laughs> Let's talk to every gang. <laughs> uh, but as it sits, as you guys are pulling into the uh, eastern dusk, or sorry, yeah, the east 
Dusk Banter Station. Go ahead and give me your perceptions. Hey! Oh, wait, no, that's bad. <laughs> Fuck. Oh. I thought, I'll, I thought I'll eventually have fallen asleep. I'll have taken off my owlbear cloak, turned it into a like makeshift shitty pillow, and be sleeping on Forrest's shoulder for like at least two hours. And you guys still have two questions open. You can pick to use them later. That's not a problem. It's hard prioritizing them, but one would be uh, if this is the type of thing that other groups have actively followed, and that's an awkward way to ask that. Um, what if seekers are like usually like have like a presence or or at least trying to spy in on these moots if there are third parties that have interests that show up and do their own thing here does that make sense uh it does it does um because it could so, might like maybe for all like i was saying for all i know uh orion storm is going to be there looking to, to do whatever he can do so i i just don't know who participates in these things and and whether there? or not there's outside influences that could affect it like you had said, I, I think, Sean, you were kind of mentioning it. I'm going to show up as like some kind of corporate businessman looking sort of person. Like, do I even belong? Am I going to have that easy of a time, even though I know a lot of these gangs? Yeah, don't know quite how you're going to be received. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know what, Lucius, go and give me a knowledge corporate. All right. I got a total of 15. That turns into a 19, right? With your human focus? If it's human involved, then we're going to... And if that human stacks... Dun, 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 that would make this a 23, then. We're going to get fucking attacked. <laughs> so, two things, then. <laughs> make this episode interesting. Ninjas from the ceiling. Lucius, as you put together a little bit of kind of what you've read versus what you've understood, especially with that 30 on the gang's moon, normally the houses could not interfere with Zerain's promise, right? With the concept of the people getting together is a way to restrict the houses from being able to stop an opposing viewpoint. Uh, if the rituals are still complete to some extent, and if they are still in effect, then what has happened through that law passing is that corporations cannot stop the people. Because they've mm. become house status. Correct. So you guys having less than four people means you kind of can show up without creating a problem because you're not representing a house right nor are you representing a gang does the moot typically allow uh emissaries or, or whoever like that like no normies allowed sort of thing or are they cool with those types of people hanging in or you know hanging out yeah as you guys burned your 25 the houses can't stop what's happening but they're allowed to arrive so the third parties are allowed to be there uh, yeah. Imagine something like the Blink Dogs would not be allowed to vote, but they can be there because they've tied themselves with a house. So they are an approved gang, as they've already been brought in, but because they are tied with the Seekers, which are tied with Amon, they cannot use that influence to stop other gangs from acting it, at the gang's move. All right. But then all the other gangs that are here, though, they, they can If we're looking to come in under this uh this basis that we're less than four people we're pretty much the people blah 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 um these other gangs they're way more than four people like they're they're an established something right the older gang is the more people it has newer gangs can attempt to join with only four yeah but they have to prove themselves to gavin tech that they are worth being allowed to join and i'm starting to think that it's time to go back to it's always philadelphia the gang joins a gang to finish off this session as it is late at night, 
As you arrive in the Eastern Dust Banter train station, as you guys are getting off of the train, go ahead and give me your perceptions. Oh, help me God if you drop another 30, Jeff. Fuck. I can't beat that. I literally can't beat that. I can't beat that. Um, I, I only get plus one. Very well. So, as our heroes exit from the train at this early morning hour, somewhere across the city, uh, Keegan and Oswald are in the middle of their stakeout. You guys will arrive at the eastern train station and wander off into the public, followed by a dark-haired woman with freckles and dark blue glasses. <laughs> Very sneaky. I mean, is it? Are, are we Very that good? Very sneaky and just fucking amazing at rolling every single goddamn time. <laughs> <laughs> and our session is over! <laughs> <laughs> yeah! Thanks for listening, everyone. Like, rate, review, subscribe, all that jazz. Uh, as usual, our intro and outro are from Nihilor, the Dweller on the Threshold. You also heard Lore, Throne of the Soul, and Satellites and Waterfalls, as well as the music by Alexei Holobiev from Pixabay. Okay, bye!